Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge, I'm a hypnotherapist and a coach, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution. And this podcast is really dedicated to helping you to become your calmest and happiest self. And this week, I am chatting to cook and author Melissa Hemsley. And Melissa has a really good reputation for being someone who's just absolutely lovely, and she did not disappoint whatsoever. And I know she's spoken a lot about mental health in the past, and I really wanted to ask her about how she takes care of herself and the things that she does to ensure that she feels good. So some of the things we talk about are dogs and mental health because Melissa has a very gorgeous dog. We talk about how to eat happy. She talks about the things that she does ahead of time to help herself when she doesn't feel great. And I think this is a really practical thing that we can all be doing. And we also talk a little bit about how to have a calm Christmas. So I really hope you enjoy this interview please consider sharing this with anyone that you think might need to listen to this today you can send them a little screen grab you can share it on social media i'd really really appreciate that and please make sure you subscribe leave a rating for this podcast and do me a little review if you have two minutes to spare and it would mean a lot helping me spread the word about this podcast so i hope you enjoy this episode so welcome melissa thank you so much for joining me today i'm really excited to speak to you um how are you today I'm really good, thank you. I was I was saying to you, wasn't I, that I've um I've got some laptop malfunction issues, and I'm actually uh, you know instead of stressing about it, um I'm going to embrace being laptop free, fit, fit loose and fancy free, <laughs> and just enjoy phone calls, getting loads of like pre Christmas admin done, get my accounts done. I'm actually going to use it. I'm quite excited, but also scared it's not going to turn back on. <laughs> I love, I love your attitude. I'm really glad we're speaking because um, also as well as being really sweaty on a winter's day, um, I thought what a lovely way to start the week by speaking to you, selfishly, for my own benefit. <laughs> I think I'll probably feel a lot calmer and more relaxed. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Thank you. I've been loving your book. I've got it right here. Um, My mother-in-law tried to steal it this morning when she left because they've been trying to stay, but I said I'd get them another copy. Um, I made the lemon muffins at the weekend and they went down very, very well. You know what? Because it's all Christmassy now and so on. Um, I've been making them with orange as well as the lemon, which is really, really nice. Lovely, lovely. Yeah, I had it with a bit of my partner can't have um, dairy because he gets eczema. So we had, it was a perfect recipe because we made it with coconut oil and different milk. Yeah. And yeah, it was great. So thank oh, you. fantastic. Oh yeah, that's really good. That's really good. I, I had eczema as a child and, and sometimes occasionally I get, when I'm really stressed, I get a flare up on my face. 
Um, so I feel I feel his 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 pain around that. Yeah. yeah. And that's so that he, he really could enjoy that. Yeah, lots of lots of swaps you can use for him in there. And I like how you've used the yellow poster as well. Oh yes, my- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of other things we're gonna be making later as well. I think it's perfect actually for the people listening because this recipe book isn't overwhelming with loads of ingredients, but it's not boring kind of standard recipes at the same time. And everything is 30 minutes to make. So it's ideal, I think. I was, thank you. You've totally summed up the book because when I um, explain it, so I'm at a dinner party or I meet someone for the first time and they say, what do you do? And I say, well, I'm a cook, but I'm not a chef. I need to work on my spiel a bit better, but I'm like, I'm a cook, but I'm not a chef. And I make healthy food, but not boring food. <laughs> <laughs> um that's basically what it is and yeah 30 minutes so I'm, I'm glad I'm do you know what I get a lot of people saying I've got parents and law approval I don't know why we get so stressed about parents and law approval having said that my mother-in-law is coming to stay next week oh really um but yeah isn't it funny that we get funny but we we, we um we worry I do anyway about what she thinks I'm actually going to go and clean the house in a minute <laughs> Yeah. I think, yeah, my boyfriend's mum is absolutely lovely, but her house is immaculate, it's beautiful, everything she does is just so, so it's always a bit of pressure when she comes to stay. She it went down. Yeah, so she was just here to stay at the weekend and they brought their tiny dash hound, their miniature oh. dash hound to stay. So I got a taste of being a dog owner for the weekend. So that was very nice. Yeah. But then, but then that's interesting. If she can keep her house immaculate with dog hair, that's, that's, that's a real skill. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think he's so small. He hardly has any hair to go on the sofa or go, get everywhere. So, yeah. I mean, as I, you know, my dog is literally, it, it, some people have done a day's work already, but my dog is still in bed under the covers. I just went up. She, I tried to open the blind. She was like, no, thanks. Close the blind back again. Dogs are the best. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about dogs actually, because I noticed when we were on the tube with the dog yesterday, everyone chatted to us. Everyone, yes. everyone that walks past smiles. Yeah. I think we need more dogs just on the tube to cheer people up and make people happy. Um, hundred percent. I, um, my boyfriend likes to joke that he wishes he'd been single when he had our dog. She's so cute because we get so much attention. <laughs> but um, I, I live literally, I can see right there is a park. And when we finish, I'll go and take my dog. Well, I'll go and take my dog to the laptop shop to see what's going on there. And then I'll take my, my dog to the park. And honestly, when I have a really sad time and I, I don't want to leave the house, I feel so lucky. And that was one of my things when we were looking for somewhere to live. I was like, I've got to be by a park, both for the dog and the dog feeds me. You know, like it, my dog makes me Nelly. She makes me go outside. And no matter what, if I can make it, you know, 50 steps that park, even for five minutes, I feel a lift in myself. And actually, um, this weekend, I was just doing the BBC Good Food Show in Birmingham, which is this food show that I do twice a year. Um, it's all over um, all over England. And it's just this really great day of demos and, and meeting people. I had always walked, been walking past the guide dog stand. They had loads of guide dogs. And I was like, I must not get distracted and touch the dogs. And at the end of the day, because I was one of the last people on, I went back and they were all packing up and they were all tired, the guide dogs, because... They'd been there to meet people and obviously they were hoping to fundraise and get more sponsors. And I started playing with this guide dog and chatting to its owner and he was saying, she's so mischievous. Then I started talking talking to them and they said, would you consider sponsoring one? And I was thinking, oh, I sponsor so many charities that I support. I was like, I, I can't support another charity. I mean, I just don't have any more money. 
And I started chatting to them and he was like, where do you live? And he was like, let me show you a map. And this is how many people are waiting for a guide dog. And he started talking to me about how much this dog makes, is the difference between someone living their life and someone getting through their life. Wow. I ended up sponsoring a dog. Anyway, if anyone's listening, sponsor a guide dog for Christmas. Um, I, 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 I could actually cry just thinking about how important it is. And I, I really believe, you know, you have dogs for trauma. And um, also, we all know about service dogs, but dogs for trauma and dogs for anxiety. And mine's the absolute best, you know, just to feel her heart beating or like lie against her. She's lovely. Oh, you're going to have so much fun with the Dachshund. Oh. Do, you, do you say the C? Dachshund or Dachshund? How would you say it? Some people call them Daxies or Daxies. I, I call it uh, Daxie now. <laughs> yeah, him, sorry. Um, I think yeah dogs for therapy dogs just the love that you get the unconditional love if you feel like you're not good enough or you're unworthy which is I think at the root of a lot of people's depression and anxiety having the love from a dog I think can be incredibly healing so more dogs dogs on prescription perhaps prescription absolutely I'm thinking when people get most stressed and anxious on the tube queuing for things imagine just having a dog like coming down the queue being like it'll be 10 more minutes thanks for your patience (laughs) <laughs> oh i love it okay and therefore remember to put everything in a sealed bag <laughs> it's around his neck. oh my god laptops over there oh honestly yeah dogs are the best um i'm actually absolutely so torn because i'm going away christmas to thailand and the philippines and i've got people coming to stay and looking after my dog and i'm just, just staring at my dog last night i was like i don't want to go um, I, I, you know, I, I genuinely get so much joy. Obviously, I'll get joy in Thailand and the Philippines on a beach eating all the street food. But uh, anyway, sorry, we're just talking about the dog. I know. We're just, this is the dog episode this this yeah. week, listeners. Um, I'd love to know, for, I mean, for people that don't know you already and your work, how did you come to do what you do today? Oh, wow, what a long story. In a nutshell, um, so my sister Jasmine and I, she's my big sister, um, we were brought up by a Filipino mum, very Catholic mum, uh, and an army dad, very army dad, <laughs> um, very stereotypical, and both very particular about, um, um, you know, never wasting anything, food, anything, um, you know, everything having its place, um, waste not, want not, you know, be prepared in case something terrible happens, you know, be be, be ready to survive. Um and my sister and I, my mum always cooked, my dad couldn't cook, my dad was away quite a lot being in the army. And my sister and I were brought up by mum making lots and lots of kind of like fusion. She wasn't the first, but she was my first encounter of fusion food. I didn't know the difference between Filipino food and English food. She just put it all together. Yeah. And she, she made a lot of soups and stews, lots of vegetables, lots of broth and soups and very rib sticking and comforting food naturally healthy but always very very hearty and um you know she she taught me I mean even now I'm looking in the fridge and I'm I'm thinking I'm going to put that with that and that can make a meal you know like that sort of um culture but she didn't teach us to cook I was never taught how to bake I'd I'd always want I'd like a mum that could teach me how to cupcake bake um but she she taught me the skill set of being able to look in the fridge and see a meal and the value of good meat and the value of um being able to look after yourself and when we were growing up and when we, when we got a bit older, Jazz, Jazz was a model for many years and she was very, very interested in the way that food made you feel and the way, you, you know, your skin and 
and, and all these sorts of things. And I was working in restaurants and, and bars. I was doing the sales and marketing side. Anyway, long story short, um, we were cooking for our mates and lots of our mates couldn't cook at all. Her, her friends who were six years older than mine and my friends, and we were about 20, I, was, I would have been about 23, Jazz would have been about 20, I was 23, 24, Jazz was about 30. And I remember we went to Australia for her 30th, she was traveling. And she said, for my 30th, I want to learn how to meditate. And I, and she kept hearing from lots of different people about this one guy in Sydney. And then um, I remember she Skyped with me. I was in Hong Kong with my boyfriend at the time, who was, who was a shoemaker. So we were, in, we were on our way to China and then we were going to meet them. I told you this is a long story. And um, she was like, we're going to learn to meditate. I've met this guy and it's going to be amazing. And I was thinking, oh, no, I, I want to go and hang out in Sydney and eat and, and take up. I don't want to go and sit in a room and learn to meditate days on end in a dark room. Anyway, we went to meditate. It was brilliant. Um, and while we were in Sydney, we saw how much good food there was, how the meat was grass fed, how people were so accustomed to fresh food and so on. And we got back and we were like, oh, I imagine if one day we could, could have a food business. And then we sort of left it at that. We never wanted to work together with sisters, you know. Uh, it's not something we're t- from two different work worlds. Anyway, long story short, we started cooking for a band. They, someone, someone in a band, I just need someone to help me cook for for a few weeks. Um, I'm going on tour, and we we're like, we don't do that, but we'll just help you out for two weeks because I was on a sabbatical for my job, and we'll find someone that can. And then I just, on the first day, completely fell in love with it. I just loved, I loved looking after someone. I loved seeing their face light up. I loved seeing the effect it had on their mood and energy. And so that's my big thing. That's our big thing. It's feel good food, food that makes you feel good, trying to get rid of any stress around it. It's doing what suits you, adapting it to suit you and um, not letting food play this pivotal part, but it just being something that you do to make your life better. I love that. I love that. So it it wasn't like you knew from an early age that was what you wanted to do but you discovered through your experience that that is what really lit you up and was it just felt really right for you well from an early age I wanted to be a doctor so really up until I realized you know I went I actually changed school at 16 I want I I went to a school that was really really um good at sort of most of the people that went to this school the sixth form um well I went I joined the sixth form were doctors and lawyers um, and every now and then I'll go onto Facebook and I'll see them doing amazing things or talking about their speciality, the, uh, you know, what they've specialised in in medicine. And I'll feel like this pang and like, oh, I would have loved to have done that. But on, on a note, just funnily enough, when I started to do work experience and spend a lot of time really realising and meeting doctors when I was about 17, I realised that emotionally I wasn't strong enough to, to have dealt with that level of... Um, trauma and grief and dealing with so many emotions and having to get on with being an incredibly brilliant doctor but my big thing that when I'm growing up yeah I was very interested in the human body very interested in you know doing my bit to help people and I am very thrilled that a lot of doctors and GPs say that they use our recipes because um you know they're quick and easy and, and unfortunately they don't have time to sit down and eat really so so you're supporting the the medical profession in a different yeah. way I like to think so. What did you want to be when you were growing up? I was into science and I had my kind of science kits and what's it called? Microscopes and that sort of thing. Yeah. I had a white I coat. So I always wanted to do sciencey things. I was a bit of a, a science geek. 
And I did a degree in nutrition originally, which is a science. Got more interested in the, the emotional side of things because I'm an emotional person as well. I don't think I yeah. could handle the, the doctor side of science. But um, yeah. yeah, got more interested in the emotional side. So I retrained to help people with their emotions and left the kind of food stuff behind. But I'm still very interested in, in the food aspect of it and how that can make us feel and all that sort of thing. But I'm interested in what does, um, what does eating happy mean to you? I love the name of this book, Eat Happy. What does that mean to you? What does eating happy mean to me? Well, for me, this week, what, what am I up to this week? I've got quite a lot of, um, I've got quite a lot going on this week. I feel like, I feel like if I'm not careful, it'll be a real crammy week of trying to get stuff done before going away. I don't know how you feel the same. You know, everyone, everyone's going to meet up and, um, you know, I really want to meet up with all my friends, but there's also lots of work things getting tied up and I really want to, I've actually just got paper here I really want to especially with my laptop being out of use I really want to start writing some visions for next year um and I know that I need food to support me so you know I had a really um late night last night because I had to go and do something and I know that for me I will look at my week and I don't see food as fuel but you can't underestimate the effects that food can have to support you when you're um, emotionally going through something or physically working more hard, harder than you have. You know, I've sort of been teetering between a cough and a cold for about five weeks now, which is the longest. And I've not managed to sort of have it full on. It's been sort of there. And for me, I, I'll sort of, I've got this toolkit of food that ultimately has to be delicious. Otherwise I don't want to go near it. You know, like I, I, I've got these points in my day where I will look forward to something delicious, but I also will lean on it as something that's going to support me so I can go and do whatever I want to do and get through the week. So, you know, today I'm, I'm with you and my mum's coming round and I've got some food being delivered and I'm really looking for lots of gingery foods and warming foods and lots of soups and stews and my mum one of the best things she taught me apart from being able to see a meal from leftovers is you know if you're going to cook something from scratch cook it really really big and put it in the freezer so I'm going to be also having an eye to you know stocking up my freezer this week for when I get back in January and having lots of lovely um soulful foods to come home to um so yeah I I eat what makes me feel good and also what um yeah emotionally soulfully um you know and I was, I was saying you know my, my mother-in-law's coming to visit which, sorry we're not married so stop calling her that but you know my mother in love someone someone called them mother in love mother in love oh so when you're not love. married but you're in love with the, the I've never child. heard that I like that I like that mother in love I've got my mother in love it's quite a mouthful Ma- mother in love mother in love mother in love I like that. Uh, I've got my mother-in-law coming and, you know, I'm, I like, I like, I like thinking, oh, what was she like? And what does she like to have around? And I really like making people feel welcome through food. And do you know what's quite funny? I just, um, I was in Stella magazine, Telegraph yesterday, and they pulled out this quote and put it quite big in the, mag- in, a, in the, in the piece like they do. And it said something like, I really like, and I don't remember saying this, but I must've done and it said, but it's quite interesting, but based on what we're talking about now, and it said, I, I love, one of the things I love feeding about, hang on, have I got it here? I can't remember what it said exactly, but it's, um, one of the things I love about feeding people or cooking for people is that you're feeding into their emotions or feeding their emotions. I can't remember which one I said, but um, 
I do love that. I really, as much as I love eating happy for me, um, and I don't mean happy like song and dance happy. I mean feeling good and cheering up and making something feel, making someone feel a bit better. Or there's, there's always, no matter how stressed, there's always a chance to just ease it, even for five minutes, or ease it a bit for five minutes. Mm. So yeah, I, I love. I'm sad to not be around for Christmas because I do love that whole like, what should we have for Christmas Eve? What should we have for Christmas Day? What should we do with our leftovers of Boxing Day? And then you know that lull between Boxing Day and years where people tend to get quite low, and we're all out of our, our routine. And actually, it should be like the best time to recuperate. There's always like, oh God, what should I be doing? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? And I I really like food because when I don't know what to do with myself or when I feel like I'm completely overwhelmed, I always come back to making a pot of soup. And so that's how, the advice I always give if, if anyone ever asks me for my advice is I just say, make some soup. I think it can be very meditative, relaxing. It's a win-win. And I always say, you know, I really believe in food karma. So if you make soup, go and give half of it, you know, to someone else, neighbor, a colleague, you know, put it in the freezer if you don't have someone to give it to you straight away and then give it to them. I love that idea. That's such a sweet idea. I think we can't really underestimate the value of making food for someone else because in a way it's quite a rare thing. I think lots of us, we're used to going out for dinner or getting food on the go and to actually have someone make you something with a lot of love and care. And I know that I've been one to kind of worry if I have friends over for dinner, is it going to be good enough? I want this cake to be perfect and that sort of thing. But actually just remembering that for those people coming over, it's just probably just so lovely to be cooked for and to have that experience that it doesn't matter if the cake's a bit wonky. Absolutely. I, I, I feel that. I totally feel that. I think almost the invitation, I would like to cook for you, is such a buzz anyway for both sides. Like, I would like to do this. I, we're all busy. I would like to find some time and have you over and do this for you. For the person coming, it's just so nice to not have to think about you know, sometimes food can become an admin, like, what shall I cook for dinner? If you, if you, if you don't, that's why I like stocking up my fridge and freezer with food. And I like to cook less. I actually cook much less than I think someone might think because I do, I cook big when I cook. And to be invited over, you know, when you open the, the door and you can smell someone's food, how nice is that? Or when you're walking down the street, and maybe you can smell something coming out of a window. You're like, ah, is that for me? That's the best feeling ever. I think baking has 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 traditionally been more of the comforting welcoming side of food but actually you know sorry to bang on about soup but I think like smelling a soup and just that whole thing of it being stirred is like the best way and takes the pressure off the host because you cannot mess up a soup good news <laughs> good news I cook soups and stews because I'm always like I, I, I feel you when you say I just want that cake to be perfect I really worry about cake. <laughs> you know, like I find cake. That's why I don't love baking because there's always something that could go wrong. Whereas a soup or stew, you can never mess it up. It's the best. I'm going to make a soup tonight. I'm not sure which one it's going to be, but I'm feeling very inspired to make a soup. Go in your fridge and let the fridge dictate to you. Okay, look, look whatever's looking like it needs to be used up. Exactly. Okay. And also, I bet you've got a cupboard with some lentils or chickpeas or something that probably need using up this year. That's another thing I'm going to do. I'm going to go through with, with my laptop free week. I, I need to stop like jinxing this. I do need to turn on. I'm quite enjoying it, but I do need to turn on. I'm going to go through my cupboard and find 
anything that needs using up nuts seeds you know how there's always nuts and seeds and oats and stuff and um yeah cook, cook with them start the year fresh sounds good to me okay one thing I wanted to ask you now I I've heard from the step up club that because oh, um, I spoke to them last week for this podcast and I also did an event with them in January when we were talking about New Year's resolutions and things and we were talking about role models yeah. with them and that they said that you were one of their role models oh my gosh and they said um because you're so amazing with people and, and networking and that sort of thing they said that they were very inspired by that and I have been writing a book at the moment and one of the aspects of that is about kind of confidence with people and making friends and I have kind of interviewed a few people for this and was asking people on Instagram and things about their experiences and it turns out that something like 40% of young women experience loneliness. I can't believe that. It's really a huge number and I just wondered what your thoughts are on this seen as you're, you're seen as someone that's very good at this sort of thing about kind of networking with people or meeting people what, what have your experiences of that been you know what I can I can I can really get why people say that you know I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel this there's, there's, there's I, I have fleeting moments of loneliness I mean it's the within it's not a physical thing is it it's the within feeling of, of just feeling a bit lost and no matter how great your friendship groups, your parents, your your lover, you know, if there's something missing and, and if you, you know, whether that be career wise or whatever it is, you might be in a relationship and just feel a bit lost. I, I, I can feel that too. Um, one, my dog really helps with that. But actually, when I feel that that feeling, honestly, that's when I go to, that's when I go to meditate. That's when I go to um, soup. I feel my loneliness um, feeling can sometimes come from um, anxiety around I should be doing more, and I just feel like I I I I um I I feel lonely because I don't feel connected with myself because I feel like there's something missing, which is the feeling I should be doing more, uh, which I I know not to be true. So, oh gosh, it's that uh, that's that's really sad, isn't it? I I, I didn't know that. I, I I do feel like I love. I mean, the Step Up Girls. They talk to you about what they, how they rebranded networking. No, like, no, no. They call it conversations with purpose, okay. which I really like that term because networking. You know, it makes you think of name tags and power suits and sort of this sort of crazy drive when you walk into a room like I must speak to this person and this person. Um, and I really love being around people and I really love networking or conversations of purpose because I feel, I think that actually comes from a loneliness place because I know that horrible feeling of walking into a room and just thinking, oh, and I'm going to go straight to the loo and then take a few deep breaths and come back out again and try and see if I can know anyone and I'll go back in the loo again. And I just think that we don't, you know, that, that's, that's like sort of, that's a confident thing. And then I also think that, you know, you, me, Fenella and Alice, um, we, we, we need as much support as possible. We're growing our own businesses. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I didn't have anyone to ask questions from and I didn't have anyone's career that I knew to ask questions of. And a lot of business books are very businessy. There weren't a lot of female business books when we were growing up, I don't think. And 
I didn't have any role models in that sense. So, you know, I, I really grew up on a sort of community base because I lived on army bases. I mean, I literally lived in bases, some of them where, you know, there was a man with a gun on the door that was in Germany uh, on the gate. And, um, you know, gentler ones that were more just cul-de-sacs of communities in, in London. And I, but the, the reason I'm saying this is because there was often the men, because that was often the dads in the army and when I was growing up, were away and everybody helped each other out in our community. So there was always kids running in and out of each other's houses and I changed school a million times. Um, so I always knew that to be super brave and even when I felt like I was sort of dying inside, go and say hello to people. And I was always interested in netball and sport, so I would get to meet people. And so I think the supporting comes from when you've got your community and your sisterhood at work or at work events, to see someone else walk in and see know what's going on behind their eyes, I feel like, why would you not just be like, come talk to us? you should meet this person, you should meet this person, because I know what they're going through, or I, I'm assuming that they're feeling nervous and that they don't know anyone, and I just, I couldn't not invite more people, and before you know it, you've got a million new friends, and it's great, and I I feel so happy when I open up my emails and someone said, hello, this is my friend, you're my friend, you guys should meet. That's the best kind of introduction, isn't it? Yeah. I think it is that thing of just having the courage to, to push through the fear and go and introduce yourself to someone and know that I think it's something like 50% of people feel shy or class themselves as shy or introverts. So you, there's a pretty good chance that the other person is going to feel a similar way to you as well. And I'm yeah. just pushing, pushing through that. And I love the idea of in, in, making sure that we include other people if we think other people might be feeling that way to be yeah. the be the person that goes towards them and take that that step I you really reminded me now like when I, and I just was talking thinking about you know like how many schools I went to and you know the the best the best classrooms I went to was when someone said this is you know I remember there's a girl called Hannah who um sadly I don't get to see much anymore but she her parents still live around the corner from my mum and I went to her wedding and she's got two kids now. And I just love seeing her little girl looks exactly like her. And it makes me so happy when I see that because I feel like I'm watching her again. And she was assigned to be, I guess they must have known that we live near each other. But when my first day at that school, she was assigned to be the person to look after me. And she was the best looker after ever. And, you know, I, I think it's so great when... It's just, it's just so obvious. Why should we not? It's almost like, why should we not look after each other? And Penella and Alice are brilliant. And um, I was on their podcast a few weeks ago and um, it ended up becoming like a therapy session because we know each other so well now. And I, 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 afterwards, I, I, when we sort of stopped recording, I was like, I'm so sorry. I feel like I really turned that into a therapy session. I think I was supposed to be talking about success. Uh, but I actually, that week, I just felt really really rotten about so many things and lots of things were going wrong and I was like I don't feel very successful this week and I think that's the thing is whatever we may feel we may not feel it the next week or the next day and it's about having people books tools routines rituals to come back to and I don't know about you but people must assume that you've got it all sorted I mean they must oh, be like yeah. Yeah. so sorted you must never get, you must never feel like this. You must know exactly what to do. And sometimes I get to a weekend and 
I was, as I said, I was at BBC Good Future and I was doing these demos and being, having to be loud and trying to be entertaining and tell a few jokes and trying to be super confident. And by the weekend, I could barely open my mouth, you know, and my boyfriend's like, let's go to the pub. And I'm like, I can't, I can't communicate anymore. I don't know how to move. Do you ever feel like you don't know how to move your face? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes if you've been smiling and meeting lots of people and it's just like, there's a certain amount where you just need to have some quiet time. I know I'm, yeah. I'm definitely an introvert so I can go to events for a certain amount of time and then I have to come back and yeah. lie on the sofa and that sort of thing so you know what I try and say to myself when I feel lonely I try and say to myself like you know um sort of be like I try and say to myself like be 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 the friend that I need me to be to myself so I'll I'll is there Sam 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 by myself so I'm physically by myself and I'm feeling emotionally lonely I would try and do what I would do if a friend came around and was feeling rotten or unwell or had broken up with a partner or was had a bad day so I try and just and I talked about routine just a second ago for me routine is such a big one so I will go and make the tea I will go and open the, the curtains because if I if my friend was feeling really sad and in bed I would try and open her curtains I would try and make her bed for her I would try and get her to change her clothes and put a wash on I think putting a wash on for me is like a really I hate I hate hanging stuff up and like folding it away as much but I like putting a wash on and I would make them soup and I would make them eat it (laughs) gently but I would I would try and I try and do that and and yeah, sometimes we're better at looking after other people than we are ourselves, aren't we? So that's 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 a big one for me. That's yeah, so, that's so true. I, I'm always, and I always do that with my clients. Ask them to step into the shoes of a friend and to see their situation from their perspective, because we we can see that with love. Then we can be kind, but for some reason when it's ourselves, it's always a lot harder. So I love the idea of really thinking about how you would take care of a friend and just doing that to yourself. And I've got this other thing that I do, you know, I, I'm, I'm a real list maker. I'm a Virgo. I'm an, I, I say I'm a recovering perfectionist because Virgos tend to be quite anal of uncontrolled freaks about things. But, you know, as I said, I've got a list and I used to make a lot of lists on my phones, but like literally, I don't even know what this is. It's like someone else's work pad that I've obviously adopted. And um, my whole life, my parents, like sort of parents, I told you about the waste thing where you like, you've got to like use every inch of paper. So I don't know who's written this, but I'm going to write on their list. And I make lists that that I find making lists quite soothing. But I have lists of of, like movies to watch when I'm feeling low, music to listen to, YouTube videos to watch. I have a stack of books on my bed that I all, you know, all feel good there's harry potter's in there there's chart you know there's like enid blyton's in there um i've mentioned a few things you know wash your bed sheets make a suit you know hang up like the act of like just putting away some clothes i do these things i've got them ready to go when i need them and when i feel really really stressed so say i'm say i had my laptop out and i was writing something or, or, or there was a problem i would physically close my laptop go and make some tea um, and go and do one of those things so that's the way I sort of get myself out of stuff and and like I said go and go and walk the dog always really helps just the physical the act of physically taking yourself away from something 
And I, I sometimes, you know, I really, I really, really admire people who work in an office and can introduce their own routines into life because I feel really lucky that I don't work in an office. So if I'm having a terrible moment, I can physically try and do what I need to do. And I think it's so important when you work in an office or when you when you work somewhere where you can't be yourself um, and, and excuse yourself to go and do what you need to do. I think it's so important to have tips and tricks up your sleeve. Um, and do you know about mental health first aiders? Do you know yes, about this? yeah, yeah. Have you talked about this on, on yours before? I haven't spoken about it on the podcast, actually, but what, what do you know about it? Um, well, so... I, I do some, I went on Bryony Gordon's podcast and then she very kindly uh, includes me um, in lots of things um, that she goes to. So she, she invited me. It was a, I think it was for Grazia. It was for Grazia, yeah. And it was a campaign by, do you know, Natasha Devon? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Natasha Devon, amazing woman who I met for the first time at this, um, this, this panel. Bryony, um, myself, Natasha Devon. Uh, and... Natasha's got this campaign called Where's Your Head At? And it's a petition, which I think everyone, if you fill up for it, please go and sign it. And it's a campaign to make it legal, to make it law that um, as well as an office having a physical first aider, a uh, health and safety first aider, that they would have a mental health first aider. So um, whatever you're feeling, you could go to that person in confidence and say, and they would have some training to help you which I think is just incredible so um I have gone into quite a few offices before um and talked about food and just my you know and food 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 is sometimes the way to get people to open up about a lot of things I mean when I do cookery classes or when I when I cook for people in bands and actors and so on you really realize that we're, we're all the same we're all going through the same thing and but when you cook with someone you can really and eat with someone you can really get to the a lot of the root cause quite quickly maybe quite a lot of therapy sessions should involve a meal or making some soup that's a really good idea actually (laughs) but you know people just really open up especially when you know chopping side by side it's a really bonding experience and I've actually done quite a lot of that for um people like the Prince's Trust I work with some young people and um who have difficulties through, through various uh, reasons and, and situations, but we'll cook side by side and they don't want to be there at the beginning of the day. They don't want to be there sort of halfway through the, the cooking session. By three quarters of the way through, they're really into it and then we sit and eat everything. And um, it's a really good way yeah, of chatting um, and getting quite deep quite quickly, actually. Yeah. Amazing. I suppose it's maybe a bit like walking. You can have walking therapy and that sort of thing where you're engaged in something else and I think yeah food does bring up things for people people start talking about their childhoods and what you know food meant to them and that sort of thing you can see how it could be a really good catalyst for getting people to open up and that sort of thing and I love what I love what you were saying about actually making a list of the music and the movies and the food you're going to eat when you're feeling low or if you're feeling anxious or whatever because in those moments sometimes the last thing you can do is think about how to take care of yourself actually really pre-planning that and having a bit of a strategy in place I think is really important so yeah exactly so I do them when I'm feeling 
better yeah because exactly as you say you can't sometimes see the wood from the trees and you can't think of anything that could possibly make you feel better um so it's it's so good now I can just sort of sit there and or if I'm lying in bed and I'm like I just don't want to get out of bed I'm just I can't really face anything and also what I love is is you know my phone makes me anxious my phone makes me really anxious and when I turn it off and my hands are free I'm like okay what am I going to do with them so I go back to my list and you think of all the things you did before your hands were tied to a phone um and you know whether it's reading or whatever it is and Another thing that I've really been enjoying doing because I have to, but also I find it so nice is I'll go and do a draw. I'll just go, go and find a draw in the kitchen or the bathroom cabinet or wherever it is and I'll sort it. And I'll just say, just sort that draw for 10 minutes. And I always feel a bit better. Not because I, I'm, really, I'm really not a tidy person, but I'll just go through it and I'll be like, okay, we all have too much, right? So I'll go through it and I'll be like, what can I give to charity, which is going to make you feel good? What can I what can I rediscover? So maybe it's like an old half of a lipstick that was from like last winter and you've been wearing pink all summer and you're like, oh, there's my like dark red from last winter. I'll get that back out again. Um, maybe it's, I don't know, a letter or something nice. Maybe it's a receipt you've been looking for. So that would cheer you up because you needed it for your business account. Um, but whatever it is, or maybe it's a sock you've been looking for and you needed to pair it up. But sometimes a drawer can just, make you feel good it's it's um it's it's and and then of course you know when I feel sad I don't know about anyone else it's like I I think I think I go you know I'm like sugar fried I I want these things so again having food backed up in your freezer is so good because you don't want to leave the house to go to the shops do you? you can't face anybody um it all feels too much to start something from scratch you might even think I don't know what I want to eat that's why having something in the freezer is so great because you've just got something there you've got something um and it will take you five minutes to warm it up and it's for for that I feel like it's an investment into your heart for your harder times and for your future self to go oh look my lovely past self made that for me it's, a, it's an amazing feeling, actually, when you get something out of the freezer and you're just like, yes, save myself half an hour not having to cook something. And it's a nice little reminder of, yeah, what your past self did for you. It's so good. I, I mean, I'm just like, I, could, I, I know exactly what's in my freezer as well. My boyfriend's always like, can you write down and like stick it on the fr- freezer? And I'm like, you need to get to know the freezer better. You need to get <laughs> to the freezer and then you know what will be in it. But, you know, I'll do that. So... I'll have individual portions for if I'm away or he's away or like if my mum comes to stay or, you know, someone always staying here, we have big portions of stuff, you know, like fours and so on. We've got twos when it's just me and him. And, you know, I've got, I've got um, pesto that I've made from the summer because I've really been growing lots this summer in my veg planters. Can you believe it's December the 1st? I'm just looking right now. I have still got cherry tomatoes growing outside. That is not. Yeah. So, you know, I've got, I made a big tomato sauce um, from the summer. What else can I've got out there? You know, I've got loads of chard and rosemary. Um, so, you know, ooh, have you ever had rosemary tea? No, no. I'm going to make some rosemary tea today. Oh, lovely. Um, I'm, I'm, I love how I've like planned all these things for my dad. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
it's it's on, on on a good moment like the start of the week I, like I was saying to you I'm so happy to start the week with you I think that this is the really lovely um thing to do and I think talking is really really important and you know I'm really glad that you reached out to me and said hello you know that is that's a lovely thing to have done and um now now we're friends and you know now I can introduce you to my friends and so many people that would love to have sessions with you one on I know so many people that love to have one-on-one sessions with you I feel like I've got a free one-on-one session with you today (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm secretly hypnotizing you (laughs) I wanted to ask about meditation because you've mentioned that a couple of times about what do you have a practice and what is that and how does that help you I learn um I don't know much about all the different types of meditation but the one I've learned is Vedic so I have a mantra um and I remember being absolutely so anxious that I would forget my mantra they tell you they give you a sound and um, I remember thinking oh my god I'm never gonna remember my sound I'm never gonna remember my sound um and it just comes like straight away there um yeah I have a practice I definitely fall off the wagon Sometimes when I'm really going through a hard patch, I feel really angry against, uh, against meditation, if that makes sense. I'm like, ah, oh, you're supposed to help me. And I'm still having these days. But that's natural. I think, you know, things are not going to fix you. You're never going to be fixed. It's always natural to have the ups and the downs. So, yeah, I definitely fall off the wagon sometimes and don't want to do it or don't like to do it. But every time I do it, it's like a workout. You never regret it afterwards. You never regret it. Um and my meditation, I mean, I think we were taught in an ideal world, do 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the, in the evening. Um, I might do five minutes sometimes. I might do nothing. Uh, but as I say, when I do, I feel the benefit. So um, if, any, if anyone hasn't meditated, you might think it's quite difficult. It's not difficult at all. The most difficult thing is, is for me is that your ego going it's not working perfectly or it's not what I thought it would be so sometimes often I've got meditations where I actually don't feel any kind of peace (laughs) there's no stillness there's no quiet there's no peace all the things you might think you've got is actually just noise and chatter and all these things but what you learn when you learn how to meditate is um observe and not let anything bog you in those 20 minutes so you just let them you let them come in and you let them go out um and I like like exercise like making some soup like all these things the act of doing it um when I am on a proper routine of doing it I feel like I'm just I'm I'm just ticking boxes but not ticking boxes for the sake of them I feel like I'm ticking it like yes you 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 made an effort to do 20 minutes for yourself today to to, to rest rest your eyes you know like I, I, I need to get a pair of glasses I went to go to this event yesterday and I I couldn't see anything and I've just I've known I need glasses I mean I properly need glasses and I've needed them for the year and I'm just not doing them and I'm really angry at myself for not doing something very basic I've got the prescription I just need to go and get glasses but I feel like when I do my meditation I feel like I'm just doing something for myself and I can go to sleep at night and it might have been a bit of a crappy day but I'm like, you did that for yourself. You've definitely helped yourself out. You've definitely given yourself this, this what it deserves by doing it. Um, 
but I also know when I fall off the wagon with meditation, like when you fall off the wagon with anything, that it, the, the thought of it feels so much more fearful than it is. Um, and But what's great about meditation is there's so many easy drop-in sessions. So like I've got a friend called Will Williams who does a drop-in session. You can go and just see how you feel. What, what kind do you do? So I do a TM, which is a similar, yeah. I think... Um, Vedic meditation is the same kind of family type of meditation where you get a mantra but I think you really described it in such a good way that as a thing that I found with so many people when I talk to them about meditation is that it's the idea that you've got to be good at it you've got to be perfect you should have to be perfectly clear-headed and sitting in lotus and actually it's just doing what you can maybe that's five minutes knowing that you're going to fall off the wagon knowing that you're going to have thoughts and that's just all part of it and just trying as much as you can to come back to it and make it a regular thing because I think it's being, you know, regular or semi-regular. I mean, I don't do it every single day. I probably do it 80% of the time. But it's doing that kind of having that regular practice, I think, that, that can help the most. And um, I've definitely, I've definitely, as much as I say I like, I like to have habits and rituals, it's so important to not go to the extreme, isn't it? And obsess about them and beat yourself up. Oh, my gosh, today I didn't do my sort of, time outside I didn't do my any kind of exercise I didn't I didn't meditate I didn't eat any green vegetables the stress over that is 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 worse than anything so you know I I I I really I really really just I I've got this toolkit I've got this this happiness list I've got all these things and I know they're there for me they're not there If, if I don't do them they're not working against me they're all just positives so don't don't beat yourself up about not doing the things that are good for yourself because that's just counterproductive. I think often we think, if I beat myself up, this will motivate me to get better. But actually, it has the opposite effect. When we beat yeah. ourselves up, it you feel less motivated. So let's not yeah. do that. Let's just not do that. Let's anymore. not. Let's yeah. not. Do you have any tips for Christmas calmness or how to, to handle Christmas? Because you're not going to be, you're going to have a, different kind of Christmas this year it sounds like yeah in a sunny um, place but I I have still got lots and lots of I've almost I, I actually think I'm gonna have quite a lot of Christmas type things in the lead up lots and lots of Christmas parties like most of us there's always a Christmas party isn't there and as I say my mother in love is coming over so we're going to be having Christmassy type things there my number one tip is don't be a martyr <laughs> so um don't don't if you're hosting um or or if you're the daughter in love and you feel like you've got to be on and be so helpful at your parents and love's house or whatever it is just don't overthink and overstress it um I always feel like oh what can I do to help even when someone else is about I'm like what can I do to help can I do this oh gosh they're doing so much I really should help or I should have offered I think it's so important if you're hosting um people will ask you what can I do don't say, oh, nothing, just bring us up. Ask them. They want to help. I think if everybody's got a little job to do, um, one, you're less stressed. And who who likes being at an event or a party or a dinner when the host is stressed? It's just like kills the vibe. No, everyone will feel really bad that they've made you feel stressed. It's just no. So um, give people jobs, like give them things that they're good at. So if someone's coming and they're really into their music, you know, be like, oh, can you bring, you know, a Spotify playlist? Or have you got like a, a CD or a cassette tape you could bring? Um, and can you, you know, can you, can you put that on? And if, 
if someone's very creative, you know, like let them dress the table or, or you know, put put the basics out for them, like the knives and forks and stuff, and then be like, oh, can you set the table? Or if someone, you know, loves to bake, ask them to bring the pudding. Or if someone's not very good cook or not very good, I think ask them to, to pick out some cheeses or, or, ask, or ask someone to be in charge of pouring the Prosecco or, you know, whatever it is. Don't think you've got to do it all because you've invited people around. And I, 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 and I tell myself that every time I do put on an event or something is, you know, you don't have to do it all. No one's going to go, she was brilliant. She did it all. You know, everyone will be like, I had such fun. You know, you know, I, I really like washing up at the end of the evening. I hate washing up by myself. If you wash up with a mate, it's the best, sometimes it's the loveliest thing. You put some music on, you're barefoot. You're drinking your red wine and you're washing up together and they're drying and putting it away. And that is like sometimes when you have the best chat. So I think don't be a martyr. Definitely take people up on their help, on their offers to help. I think the second thing is, um, you talked about it before, is everyone's just happy you're doing it. Everyone's happy you're putting Christmas on. So don't go oh, I better do like five types of veg and I better make that person happy and that person happy. You don't need to do it all at all. Again, pre-prep's really nice, like Christmas Eve, peel some stuff together, put some carols on the radio and do a little bit of prep. Um, my number, okay, I keep saying my number one tip. My number one tip is the week leading up to Christmas, grab everything you're going to use for Christmas Day so I'm a big fan of serve, like serving up from like, first of all, don't play up, never play up, always let everyone help themselves. So take what they want. You don't have extra jobs to do. People take what they want. You waste less food too. So I like to put down on the table what I've cooked it in. So like the roasting tray of carrot goes on the table. Don't then put it into a nice dish to put it on. Just, just, just serve it like that. Um, and so what I do is I go to my shelves and I find what I'm going to use. And then I get a scrap of paper and I'll write carrots and I'll put it into that dish. Peas, you know, the red cabbage, the potatoes, the parsnips, the turkey, the smoked salmon's going on this, whatever it is. And then you get rid of all sorts of last minute stress of I don't have anything big enough. I don't know what I'm going to do it or I've used that up. And then what you can do is if you don't have enough stuff, when people turn up, you can, well, when people come, you can say, could you bring me an extra tray? Could you bring me an extra pair of tongs? Can I use your serving spoons? You sort of, you just planned ahead. You know exactly where everything's going um, and there'll be no sort of surprises at the end. So yeah, on a practical level, just write down where, where you're going to put everything and what you're going to do. Gravy. Don't ever forget the gravy. And actually, Every Christmas, I do end up asking someone to bring another gravy jug because you can never have enough gravy. So true, <laughs> so true. So, yeah, it sounds like pre-planning and asking for help and not thinking that you have to do it all on your own. Don't be a martyr. It's yeah. not even for help. Half the time they're offering it, but you're saying no, not you, we, everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for all that you shared today. Yeah, I'd heard a lot about you from other people, I think mutual friends and things, about how lovely you are and how interesting and you didn't disappoint at all. So thank oh you so much. Thank you. I was very excited to meet you off what everyone said too. What are you working on at the moment? And also what where can people find out more about you and what you're up to by your book? Hey, what am I working on at the moment? Okay, I've got a couple of things that I can't tell you and I hate that which 
slightly different from food. So they really, they're really feeding a different part of me. Then I've just written the sustainability restaurant guide or curated it. And it's 30 restaurants all over the UK uh, that are sustainably led. It could be as simple as um, the menus written every single morning, which is what, you know, a lot of restaurants used to do, so ever-changing menu, uh, based on, you know, what the fishmongers dropped in that morning, what the farmers brought, what veg is available, what they've got left over from the day before, you know? Wow. So then, then they might have uh, a compost machine or a compost scheme in their community where they're composting all their food and l- lending it to everyone in their community, residential and commercial. They um, And then there's people that, there's one restaurant that's decided to open four days a week instead of five for the benefit of everybody's mental health and, and well-being and so that everyone can have a better quality of life and work-life balance. And there's um, restaurants where every every um, staff members offer free yoga classes. So it's like all of that into this uh, guide. And I did that with um, BMW hybrid electric cars. So that was amazing because it was this great partnership that they emailed me about. I'm like, we want to write this guide. We think it's totally up your street. And I was like, I've always wanted to write something like this. So yeah, it's 30 restaurants all over the UK and you can download it for free. I'll give you the link. But what's quite great is, you know, I did it over the summer. So I was on these like great summer road trips with my dog and boyfriend and like cooking on the beach and all these great things. But I think also people might like it because if they're traveling a lot over Christmas, you might sometimes feel like you're sort of just shuffling from one family to another and seeing lots of friends. So maybe it's quite nice that you can stop off at a lovely restaurant along the way and, and go and peek in. And obviously they're all delicious. It's not like 30 delicious restaurants are like completely delicious but people that are just about being very inspiring and going that extra mile to do good by the world the planet sounds amazing how interesting definitely gonna check that out um and then yeah so i'm at melissa.hemsey on instagram um yeah my book eat happy 30 minute meals lots of tips for using up waste as well which you'll hopefully you'll you'll check out i know you've been making them up in and yeah i just i just love love lots of cooking and um yeah I'm excited to grow more yeah I've got these these veg planters just outside there and um I've really been enjoying growing and the act of growing and being outside actually and tending tending to something and watering um and obviously the weather this year was so good yeah everything grew I mean it wasn't me growing things well I think it's the weather <laughs> Nathan. yeah yeah oh fantastic so yeah definitely check out melissa's book and her instagram because your instagram is always a very inspiring and lovely place to visit yeah so thank you so much for talking to us thank you so much thank you and you so there you have it i really hope you enjoyed this episode and you're taking something away from it don't forget to subscribe and leave me a rating and review on itunes and if you'd like to keep in touch with me you can join my newsletter by heading to karmau.com forward slash free. I'll send you a free guided meditation and get in touch every now and again with the latest events that I'm doing, podcasts and courses that I run. I'm sending you loads of love wherever you are and I hope you'll tune in again soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.